Hello and welcome to the Free Life Community Church Podcast. My name is John DeLille, and I'm the communications guy at Free Life Community Church in Terre Haute, Indiana. Each week, Senior Pastor Dan Willis brings a rich, detailed, and relevant message grounded in Scripture, which is recorded on Sunday mornings and made available for you right here. You can find more messages at freelifecc.com or in the Google Play and iTunes podcast app. Hey, if you've benefited from listening to these messages, we ask that you try to help us out. You can help us out in two different ways. First, you can give us a rating in the app store that you use. Secondly, share this podcast with a family member, a friend, or a colleague. This really does help us to get these messages into the hands of the people who can really benefit from them. All right, without further ado, here's Senior Pastor Dan Willis. So, brand new sermon series today. Uh, he said, what? Right? Because every here's, the, here's what gets me. Have you ever noticed uh, that... Uh, you know what, before I lead into that, <laughs> I wanted, the first thing that Jesus talked about that I think is important is judging and judging others. And there's a massive misconception out there about what it actually means and what he meant by what he said. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, and I want to show you what he actually said, okay? And I'm going to read today out of the English Standard Version, okay? English Standard Version. If you go to school in England... Chances are you're going to have to use that scripture or an NASB. If you're in the United States, you go to seminary, NASB, they allow an ESV, typically. Okay, and you know I did my postdoctoral work uh, in England, so obviously uh, ESV is special to me. In any case, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, chapter 7 starting at verse 1. He says, judge not that you not be judged. And people laser in on that and stay on it, and that's it. That's all they read. Judge not that you be not judged or not be judged. But then he goes on to say this. For with the judgment you pronounce, you too will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why did you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye? And then Jesus says, you hypocrite. Now, of course, nobody wants to be called that. And we're so afraid of being called a hypocrite, mind you, that we refuse to judge anything or anyone. Unless, of course, it suits us, then we, then we will. Now, I want that to just kind of percolate a little bit in your mind and understand what I'm saying. Because then he goes on to say something very significant. He says, first, take the log out of your eye. Take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly in order to take the speck out of your brother's eye. He doesn't say, don't do it. He says, make sure the law is not in yours when you do. You understand? Do you understand? Good. So you know that he didn't say, don't judge. That's not what he said. He said, first take the law out of yours so you can see clearly spiritually, and then you're allowed to see the speck in your brother's eye. In other words, okay, if you don't do that, you're a hypocrite. Well, don't be a hypocrite and you can judge just fine. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Because he goes on to say this. 
Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. And he wouldn't talk about dogs and pigs. He wasn't talking about dogs and pigs. And I know that because he refers to people as dogs and pigs on several occasions. And this isn't the only time. In fact, he said that the dogs were outside, didn't he? And he says that the dogs returned to their vomit, didn't he? And he was talking about people, okay, and sinfulness. So here he's saying, don't throw pearls to the pigs because they're going to trample them underfoot and then turn and attack you. So what we have to do is understand what Jesus is actually trying to say in this passage. And the problem with it is everybody wants to have their own idea about it. We all want to make up in our own minds what suits us and what we think ought to manifest in our lives based on what he said. Now, allow me for a moment to indulge your common sense and your sense of right. Can I do that? Anybody in here with common sense today? Is anybody in our campus in Mecca with common sense? They're all shaking their heads, yes. Everybody, because everybody wants to think they have common sense. Now, you've known somebody didn't have common sense. Has anybody ever told you you don't have common sense? <laughs> see, some people put their hands up in a minute. I, I, let me put my, so I can see who did it. Never mind. Okay, so... But there are people that don't have common sense. I remember one time I was at a, uh, we had somebody at our church before I was pastor up in, in South Bend. And, uh, uh, and I, I, in fact, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I don't think I was even in, a, in leadership at the church at the time. But uh, we had a, a revival service. Uh, and, and, a, and a free Methodist pastor came and spoke to us one time. He was really good. He was hilarious. And he kept, kept my attention all the time. And this has got to be like 30 years ago. And, uh, and he said, uh, what did he say? <laughs> he said, uh, you know there's that person out there that, you know, you look at him and you know the light's on, but nobody's home, right? And he said, he said it's almost like this. <laughs> your cookies are in the oven, but your pilot light is out. Don't go out alone. That's what he said. And if anybody's ever put cookies in the oven, but the pilot light didn't work, you know they don't bake, right? If you... Some of you don't know what I'm talking about because you don't have you know, pilot pilot ignition now on your on your on your gas. But at one time we had pilot lights on our gas stoves, yeah. And so I remember that. And so anyway, uh, some people are just not, and, and you can tell sometimes who they are, and sometimes you can't. But here, here's here's the thing. I want you to get for a minute here that you got to have your spiritual senses moving here to grasp this today. Because sometimes we sit in the pew and we kind of tune in and then we kind of tune back out. Don't do that. You know, please don't tune out today. I want you to listen to this. This is very important because it will change the way you think about Scripture and about Christianity. It really will. Have you ever noticed that, that we are allowed to judge almost everything on the planet with the exception of moral affinity. You can judge almost anything on the planet, and you're expected to, other than moral affinity. And if you don't believe me, let me, let me continue to move down this line a minute, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I want you to think about it, because everything depends on it. I want you to watch this clip from the movie Moneyball, and the guys are kind of like, if you like baseball, you're going to like this movie, but it's just a short clip of Moneyball, and it's a scene from the 2002 Oakland A's where uh, general manager Billy Bean 
is, is at, at uh, spring training, and he's talking with uh, manager Art Howe uh, and a couple of the coaches, uh, Ron Washington, and I, th I think that's it, and there's one other guy there. And they're talking about uh, this. They just lost Jason Giambi, who's, you know, uh, a big-time hitter to the New York Yankees. And so you've got to replace somebody at first base in spring training. Doesn't know who to do it with. Nobody replaces Giambi's bat. And they're worried about his defense, okay, even though Giambi didn't have any either, but he could hit. And so, and so they're, they're talking about this guy, Scott Hatterberg, who used to be a catcher. And basically, uh, what you see here is, is <laughs> he tells them you can't judge us. They say, yes, we can. Watch. Watch us. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. Maybe this is going to go, maybe it's not. John says it's going to go. All right. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you don't know the half of it today. Yeah. Billy, I think we ought to talk about Hatterberg. Go. Uh, there's just no feel for the spot. I think it's a long shot that he can be a big league first baseman. It's day one of the first week. Can't judge this yet. No, I think we can judge it. I like him. You know, but I can judge him. First base is the moon to him. It wasn't to Giambi? Giambi's the worst first baseman in all the baseball. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to compare to Giambi. What are we talking about okay. here? All right. Okay. Now, this is what's important here. Okay? Notice what happened here. Here is a big league manager who's been in the game for a gazillion years. He knows baseball, and he knows players, or he wouldn't be in that position. Would you agree with that? Okay? And I would say that the manager ought to be able to know whether a person can play a position or not, whether he has skills to play Major League Baseball or not. Don't you? And Billy says, you can't judge him yet because it's so, for, you know, we haven't had enough time. And Art says, listen, I've been around a long time. I, I, listen, I can judge him. Okay? I like the guy. And I'm not saying he's not a nice guy, but I can judge his baseball playing skills. And I would agree. Could you agree with that? Of course he can. He was wrong about that one because that guy ended up being fairly decent. But the fact of the matter is, when you know what you're talking about, you ought to be able to judge certain things. Agreed? I mean, every parent out here has to judge whether or not their children's behavior is appropriate or not. Don't you? Huh? I mean, you're, when you go to the supermarket and you're going to pick out a melon, everybody has a different system. But you can thump them, you can smell them, you can do whatever you want. Some people scratch the end of them. I don't know. But you're going to judge whether you think that melon is good enough or not, or you're not going to buy it. You can judge whether your food is rotten or spoiled. You can judge whether or not it's raining outside or not. You can judge whether or not you should go to certain things based on what's going on or not. I mean, you're expected to do that. Agreed? Use good judgment, everybody says. Yes or no? Come on, yes or no? Yes. But here's the thing. How often have you ever heard someone rebuke another by saying, well, you can't judge me. You have no right to judge me. People will even uh, often quote the Bible 
when they're saying it, and they usually get it wrong, but it typically sounds something like this, don't judge and you won't be judged. I mean, that's, that's what they'll say. They'll quote that to you, even though you know darn well they're not in there. Why would you quote the Bible if you don't live by it? Huh? Why would anybody quote the Bible if they don't live by it? What's the purpose? And lastly, some people will say, well, you know, Jesus said we're never to judge others. Is that really what he said? But before we answer, let's consider why someone might make these statements. You see, friends, I don't think people really want to quote the Bible because they follow it. I think they only want to quote the Bible when it suits them. What do you think? In fact, friends, <laughs> I think it's true that they certainly don't want anything to do with it when it doesn't suit them. How about that? I think telling someone not to judge is frequently quoted whenever somebody is pointing out the sins or faults in someone else. When it's something they don't want anybody to hear or point a finger at. Most of the time, I think they have an idea that maybe they shouldn't be doing it, but they don't want to hear it. Of course, nobody in here would ever do that. I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't get squirmy yet. We're not there yet. Okay? But here's the thing. The thinking that we have is we should never make good uh, moral judgments in what we see in others. And, and the question is, is that true? Did Jesus say we should never make moral judgment calls on the lives of others? I don't think so. I don't think that's what he said at all. You know what the problem is? We don't want to know, or we, we don't want to know why he said the second half of it, and we don't want to practice the things that are required to do the second half of it. Because it's easier just to live and let live and judge not. Isn't it? It's easier. So then I have to ask the question, well, if we see wrong things in others, can we never point it out? Well, we already know that that's ludicrous because obviously if you're a parent, you'd better point it out when your children. They're not going to listen probably the older they get. And when they get to be adults, do you ever stop being a parent? No. And there's sometimes, I know some parents overstep their boundaries a little bit. I've seen it, and I've probably done it. Yeah? When their children are adults. But there's, don't you have a responsibility as a parent to point out things that you know when they're headed for failure? Huh? Okay. Isn't that judging? Well, of course it is. You're judging whether what they're doing is right or wrong or if it's beneficial or not, or if it could have a good ending or a bad one. Aren't you doing that? Friends, yes or no? Well, of course you are. So the question is, to judge or not judge? And I think Jesus is teaching that there are times when it's appropriate to point out the faults in others, and there are times when we're going to have to judge. That's just the way it is. But the answer comes from a closer look at his words. But first, remember that his words are frequently twisted and misused. For example, Jesus' words are often used to forbid all types of judgment. Do you believe that? 
Well, I think we've established that already. You know, criticism is one of them. You know, like pointing out a fault in somebody else, even if it's truly constructive criticism. Now listen, nobody likes to be criticized. I don't like to be criticized. You like to be criticized? Do you think I like it if I stand at that back door? And this happened to me in another church, by the way. These three guys decided to play a joke on me one time at my first church. I was a brand spanking new pastor in South Bend, my first church. And now, never mind, I, I kind of grew up there as an adult, you know, um, and never mind that I was, you know, in leadership and had been a layperson there uh, and just be, by default became the pastor. And I wasn't ready to be a pastor, but it kind of fell on me because our pastor had a nervous breakdown and left. And I was the only one that was in training to be one. And so it just kind of fell to me by default and I ended up having it. So here's, here's what happened. These guys come out, and, and I was at the back door, and uh, Bob and Kathy, you were there, because I married my daughter up there. Uh, but uh, it's, it's similar to this facility, but uh, narrower and longer, uh, and it has uh, a, a, a main aisle, and the, it, well, the pews and the carpet and the draperies are mauve, because that was in at the time. So here's the deal. So I'm standing at the back door in the foyer, because when you go out from the sanctuary, there's a foyer, and then the door goes out, and there's steps that go down. And I was standing there, and, and, I, and I, was, I was shaking hands, and the guy, a guy said to me, you know, Pastor, hey, don't worry about that one. Everybody, everybody has a bad day. I'm like, okay. Sure enough, one of the other guys came up a little bit later uh, as people were leaving and said, hey, 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 it's all, it's all right. You'll get them next week. And a third one did the same thing. I kind of blew it off. I thought, ah, you know, the rascals are doing up to something, you know. And the following week, okay, okay, <laughs> following week they did it again. And so I went home and asked my wife, I said, hey, how was my message today? She said, oh, you know, about normal. <laughs> now listen. And then they come up and fessed up that they'd, they'd done it, you know. But it, it kind of it hurt a little bit, right? You know, and listen, here's the thing. If I asked you, how was the sermon today, what are you going to tell me? even if it wasn't. Aren't you? Very few of you would come up to me and say, you know what? That, that one stunk. <laughs> right? I, you, now, you'll go out in the parking lot and tell somebody else it did, but you probably wouldn't tell me that, right? It's happened, right? Yeah. Now, you're supposed to say, well, your, pa your pastor, your sermons never stink. That's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> but here's the thing. We don't like criticism. Right? Nobody likes it. Even you don't. And the reason is because we don't want anybody to find fault in us, and we want people to agree with our thought process and our belief system. But the fact is, factually, not everything we do in life is going to turn out the way we hoped it would. So we later look back, and we find out that those that criticized us weren't really trying to tear us down, only trying to help us understand. And we find that sometimes they were right, and at the time, we weren't. But it takes time for that to happen, you know, right? We were all teenagers. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to be a teenager to be in this position, neither. But the fact is, we have to be able to judge certain things to be able to even give advice or change a person's attitude or behavior. I mean, how would a parent ever corrupt poor behavior in their child or teenager if they couldn't judge it? Do you see how ludicrous this thinking is, that you can't judge anything? This is idiocy. And somehow, when people are adults, we can no longer judge what's right or wrong or proper in their lives just because they're adults now? That changes things? No. 
In fact, uh, a very wise philosopher once said, stupid is stupid, no matter what you do. It's just stupid. It doesn't matter if you were stupid when you were young and stupid when you're old. It's still stupid. Right? No, people say, oh, you can't use that word. Listen, it's a fact. Okay? There are facts that are non-facts. It's true. Can't change it. And listen, I've done some pretty stupid things as, as a youngin, and I've done some stupid things as an adult. I bet you would admit that you have to. Yeah? Did that change the fact based on age? No. Well, it's not my place to judge. That's idiocy. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Who had to read that in middle school? Anybody? The emperor's new clothes. Right? The man was naked, and everybody was afraid to tell him, except for one poor kid. And everybody said, oh, your clothes are wonderful. They're beautiful, blah, 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 blah. He didn't have anything on. And one poor kid said, but he's not wearing anything. One person was honest with the guy because they were afraid to tell the king that he didn't have anything on. And the moral of the story, listen, you need to judge it. Only one person could judge that he wasn't wearing clothes. Right? And then there's opinions. This is another one. Everybody wants their opinions to be right, whether it be about politics, religion, or life. Everybody's got one. But the fact is, we can't all be right, <laughs> even if we want to be. And there are actually some people out there who think we can live in a world of harmony where everybody's opinion is correct. That's impossible. It's impossible. Again, do you think you can just allow people to have any opinion they want, even when we know it's wrong? Of course not. It happens in church discipline. It happens when we call out those who teach unbiblical beliefs. And that's a difficult one for me because certain biblical belief systems can indeed be translated differently. And I get that. I'm cool with that. I, I have friends of different you know, theological persuasion, and there are certain things in the Scripture we're just not going to agree on. But I understand why they think what they do because there's indication of it. I just think there's other indicators to tell otherwise. And they would say the same. That's okay. That's okay. But there are certain things in here where nobody ought to differ on. Agreed? That's the point. So should we never tell someone they're wrong, even if we know they are? Does the Bible teach us that when someone says they're a Christian, they're practicing certain things that clearly goes against Scripture, you should never tell them, well, we shouldn't judge. No, in fact, Paul says, call it out. And not only that, don't even deal with them anymore. If you've gone to them, the biblical nature, right? And they still refuse, and they're causing problems in your church, what do you do with them? Bible says throw them out. I'm grateful I've never had to do that. I've suggested to some people they ought to find another church before. But see, friends, this is like saying we, shouldn't, we should never, we would have a train wreck in any church if we never did that. So what about moral and ethical societal standards? You see, this mostly has to do with the big three, abortion, homosexuality, capital punishment. Those are the big three. There's, there's others out there. But the fact of the matter is we could go on and on and on, and it, could, and it could actually fall under opinions, but I thought it needed a section of its own. And the reason is that there are tons of opinions out there. Everybody's got one, right? And we're raising our children to have opinions. 
aren't you? And I learned growing up, okay, whether I wanted to or not, that there's a way to act in church and there's a way you could act when you were in school. My guess is probably all of you have learned that too. It isn't right, but we've done it probably. Am I right? Huh? Right? Around the church people, you were this person. But when you're around your friends back on the block, chances are you might be somebody else. I'm the only one that did it in this whole facility, right? Uh Uh-huh. So here's the thing, though. Moral and ethical standards have changed on the winds of time. Because things are acceptable today that my grandparents would have literally kicked my fanny from sea to shining sea. They would. I'm telling you right now. If I even thought that way, brother... (laughs) Grandma was, I'm telling you, you didn't mess with Grandma. Either one of them, you didn't. Pow! Yeah? In fact, one grandma would tell me, go get your own switch, too. (laughs) Man, that's terrible. You got to go find your own switch off the tree. Right? Brother, that's even worse punishment. Okay. You see, we used to have these absolute standards, and for literally centuries, they were based on God's word and on him alone for the standard of right and wrong. Normal and abnormal. Acceptable and unacceptable. And later, the standards moved to people like Dr. Phil and Oprah Winfrey, who were given a television audience to assert their opinions and beliefs. And from there, it continued moving to Hollywood, professional athletes in the music industry for us to learn about right and wrong. Can anybody say, scare me to death? Huh? Now, you can dispute if you want to, but I'm telling you, I can prove it to you. (laughs) I can prove it to you right now that we've done it. And now... While we likely use a mixture of all of those things and whatever seems to influence us most, we're content for it to be whatever I think and whatever I want to believe. That's what we're teaching society. Now, I hear some people saying, yep, and agreeing, and and saying, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. How many of you think that's probably true? Yeah? Okay. And if you don't yet, give it time, you will. Now, here's the thing, friends. Did Jesus say, do not judge ever? Is that what he means? Must we remain silent when we see people overtaken in fault, bringing reproach upon the name of Christ, or blatantly teaching things that are wrong? No, that's not what he said. In fact, is there anywhere in the Bible, anywhere, where you can find contradiction? Anywhere. Because I can't. And I spent an awful lot of time and money studying it. So would Jesus ever have said something and then allowed Paul to put something completely contradictory in place? No, it wouldn't be there. Now, of course, if you want to jump on that bandwagon where people say, well, it's just written by a bunch of men, well, you might think that. But, you know, ignorance is bliss, okay? You can think whatever you want. It doesn't make you right. This wasn't wasn't written by mere men, guys. Anybody with me here? I spent a lifetime trying to prove it was. 
And now, and Christopher and I had, had this conversation the other day, there's no way, you know, there's no, I can't not believe. Are you with me? Secondly, Jesus did not forbid all types of judgment, okay? Some things are impossible not to judge. Verse 6 tells us we have to judge who's a dog or who's a pig. Yeah, he, he, he said that. Otherwise, how can we know when not to give that which is holy to dogs and not to give pearls to pigs? If you can't judge which one's which, how do you know what to give them or not? Isn't that judging? Yes. In Matthew 7, he implies that we have to make, or 15 to 20, we have to make judgments in determining who's a false teacher. Jesus says, by their fruits, you're going to know them. We're going to talk about this later on down the road. By their fruits, you're going to know them. And, and I'm sure I will, and I'm sure you will too. You know why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit's within you, and you know when you're hearing something that's not biblical teaching. And if you don't, then you're not in here very much, are you? I had a person come, this is no kidding, a person actually argued with me one time and said, well, I know that the Bible says you should uh, love the sinner and hate the sin. I know it. I said, it doesn't say that. Yes, it does. I said, no, it doesn't. But it does. I said, it doesn't. And then I said, show me where. Well, I know it's in there. Show me where. Friends, is love the sinner, hate the sin in the Bible, yes or no? No. But what does everybody think it is? Because grandma said it? Because they heard it once? It's not in there. Is the concept in there? Yeah. But are those words there? No. And that's not the only thing we say. And you know what's going to happen? I've actually had people that searched and got commentaries and got thesauruses and said, I'm going to find it. Lexicon, knock stuff out. They're not there. How many, who in here did not know it wasn't in there? Isn't that something? Friends, if someone says it's in there and you know it isn't, isn't that judging? Can you judge whether that's in there or not? Can you judge whether certain things are biblical or not when someone says them? Yes or no? Well, you should be able to. Now, if you're not spending any time in the Word, I wouldn't do it. You with me? But if a pastor tells you that's not there, wouldn't you believe him? Unless you could prove otherwise. Yeah. And have I ever told you, if I say something that you don't like or don't believe is in the Scripture, that's too bad. Have I ever said that to you? What have I told you to do? Come and find out. Come talk to me. Show me. Bring a lunch with you, right? But listen, don't, don't we have a responsibility to that? The, the Bible says we have a responsibility to that. And, let, and let's get real. Other things have to be judged too. If we weren't to judge at all, uh, Jesus would, would have taught us, uh, ne- he would never have taught us to judge in any way, but he did. In John 17, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. That's Jesus telling us to judge, isn't it? Would he contradict himself anywhere? Would he contradict himself? Let me ask you a question. If we're not to judge at all, if that's really what Jesus meant, how would he have 
contradicting himself anywhere else in the Word of God if it weren't true. Janet, would Jesus tell us to judge if we weren't supposed to judge? Jessica, would Jesus tell us to judge if we weren't supposed to judge? Andrew? Anybody here disagree? That's what I'm saying. Okay. So then why are we allowing people to tell us not to judge when the Word of God and the Master Himself are clearly telling us that we're to judge? I mean, isn't that a fair question? Why are we, why are we allowing society who knows nothing about it to tell us what our Master is saying? Huh? Wake up, church! I'm serious! And listen, I'm not a pulpit banger, but I'm going to tell you this, okay? We need to wake up. Who, who are we to allow people who aren't Christians to tell us what the person who made us a Christian is saying? Is that stunning or what? Huh? I mean, if you went to your doctor, and I just did that this week, if you went to your doctor and you said, hey, I'm doc, I'm sick, right? Okay. And then he says, well, I think this is what it is. He runs some tests. He said, well, you know, hey, I think I'm going to prescribe this. And you say, I don't think it's what it is. I'm not taking that medication because I, I don't think that's a medical uh, a certainty. What's, your, what's he going to say to you? Well, then don't come back. Right? I mean, you've got so much me- medical uh, uh, experience and, and education under your belt. I'm sure you know more than I do. This is, this is idiocy. And we, the church, are allowing people to tell us that Jesus said, don't, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move forward because I'm running out of time here. <laughs> Jesus told us to judge what's good and evil too. Didn't he? Test the spirits, yes or no. Isn't that judging? Can't you judge what's a good spirit, what's an evil spirit? Okay. Enough said. Let's go to number three. Jesus was clear about the kind of judging he's condemning. He's clear about the time he's talking about. And that's what you have to understand. Judging when one is ignorant toward his or her own faults. And let's face it, we've all done that, right? Right? Jesus is saying this wrong for anyone to concentrate our attention on the speck in someone's eye when ours has a beam in it. That's what he said. You know, I get that. That makes sense. Paul taught that there's a necessity of proper judging. In fact, in Galatians 6, he says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Clearly, we're to be right before God before we do such things. You know, let me explain that. A number of years ago, uh, I did or said something or somebody came to me and needed help. That's what it was. Somebody came to me and needed help, but they weren't Christian really in their origin. They said they were, but they weren't really. And somebody knew somebody who knew somebody who knew me. And so I <laughs> agreed to talk to this person. And so I did. And, you know, it's like, it's like teaching a pig to talk. In the end, you only end up irritating the pig. You know, when someone doesn't understand the depth of spirituality, you can't counsel them from a spiritual basis. It's, it's like impossible. 
they're not going to understand what you're talking about because the Bible isn't their owner's manual for life. So it's kind of hard to teach them biblical principles and how to live life, even though you know it's going to work, but they don't know it, and they don't understand it, they don't want it. So for them, they're going to go by what they do know, and they've written their own owner's manual for life. Okay, so it doesn't work. So, but I did it anyway, and, it, and I, I was making progress. And then all of a sudden, somebody, uh, it was their mom or their aunt, I think it was an aunt, uh, talked to them and said, oh, well, that's stupid. Don't listen to that quack. And even came and confronted me about it. And I was gracious. And, and, and I, you know, and I was very biblical in my approach. And I said, listen, the fact of the matter is, there's going to be more people in hell than there is in heaven. The Bible says that. And you know what she told me? And you call yourself a Christian. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. You, you, you. So two things here. Let's, let's go back. Number one, you think everybody's going to heaven based on the fact that if they're a good person in humanity's eyes or not. That's what you think. I mean, and, and she did. She basically thought that. She basically thought the only people who didn't go to heaven were people who were murderers and that sort of thing. I got news for you. There's going to be murderers in heaven. Hmm. Yes or no? If they've repented for it and God's forgiven them, are they going? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be people who told little white lies and never made a decision for Christ. And you know what? They ain't going to be there. Does the Bible tell us that? Yeah, it does. So here's the thing. <clears throat> The people you think might be there in this life, you're going to be shocked. There's going to be some people that are going to be there. You're going to be shocked too. I think that. Okay? But that's, that's point one. <clears throat> but this is what I told her. I said, wait a minute. Are you a Christian? She goes, I, I, I think so. No. Do you know so? Okay? Because to me, what, the way you're acting, the way you speak, the way you respond, doesn't act like Christian to me. And I, I think the standards are right here. That's what I think. Okay? So you're going to propose to tell me that I'm not a Christian based on your opinion of it. Well, you're not one, so how in the world are you going to know what a Christian is supposed to be? That stuns me. Does it stun you? This is my point. How is a non-Christian going to know what a Christian is supposed to be? This is my point. Listen, friends, <laughs> you're supposed to judge, but not when your heart isn't right. That, that's it, isn't it? Because when your heart's not right, you won't judge with love and mercy. That's the problem, okay? This is what Jesus is trying to say. You can't judge with no love or mercy. In fact, Dr. William Hendrickson, who uh, once wrote in his commentary on the New Testament, the Lord is here condemning the spirit of judging harshly, self-righteously, and without mercy and without love. And I agree with him. I agree with him. Because James warns against the exact same thing in James 2.13. In fact, if we make judgments without showing mercy, then no mercy is going to be shown to us when we're judged. That's what he says. Just as Jesus said in verse 2, for with what judgment you judge, you're going to be judged. And the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. In other words, you should judge, but make sure that you're right and able to do it in the first place. Otherwise, you shouldn't. But here's the trouble. We can see from John 8, verses 10 to 11, <clears throat> that Jesus has made his point not only with the angry mob, but also with this adulterous woman. 
okay? He asked, who has condemned her? And she answers, no one. And then he states that he won't either. Why? Because he can or not. It's up to him, okay? But then he admonishes her to do what? Go and do what? Stop sinning. Sin no more. Yeah? Does he not say that? See that? But people don't focus on that. They focus on the first part of the conversation. When Jesus tells the angry mob, listen, he who is without sin, and you cast the first stone. Isn't that what everybody brings up? That's what everybody brings up. Why? Because it lets you off the hook. It lets you off the hook. That's why you're going to say that. But why don't we go back to the second part? Then go and sin no more then. Why don't we focus on that? Clearly, because we don't want to. It's easier to point the finger at someone else and then say, hey, you can't judge me because you got sin too. So don't, don't, don't be judging me. It's easier to do that. You know how I know that? Because here's what's happened. If somebody comes to me, let's say Andrew comes up to me and says, you know what, Pastor? Your behavior hasn't been very Christ-like today or this week. I can say, well, you know, Andrew, uh, uh, I'm, I'm better than Janet. Or I've been better than Jay. What are we talking about here? Why? Because it takes the focus off me onto somebody who's worse. Huh? But that's not what he said. Shouldn't I be worried about whether I'm Christ-like or not? Does it matter what Jay is or not? Does it? No, it doesn't. And if Andrew's wrong, then I can, we, can, we can talk it out. And I can say that to him because he would do that if I was, wouldn't you? See? And, here's the, and friend, listen, and he would expect me to do the same to him. You know why? Because Christian people look inwardly more than look outwardly when it comes to that. We look at, we look at the Christ in a person or not. And that's where loving the sinner and hate the sin comes from. That's, that's where it comes from. It isn't, again, those words aren't there, but the biblical concept is, okay? And this is what Jesus is trying to say. People are going to make mistakes. They're going to screw up. His own disciples did it the day he was crucified. Didn't they? Every one of them, except for one that I can tell. Yeah. Okay. Listen, the problem is nobody wants to get to a point where they can judge others. We don't want to become the art how of Christianity. I know you baseball fans are falling out on that one. Nobody wants to become a big league manager of Christianity. Nobody wants to have the experience in the Word of God, and in, in, in being a Christian, to be able to judge something like that. That's the problem. We want to have an opinion about it, but we don't want to have the experience to judge it. Man, that's wrong. That's not what Jesus said, and that's not... And, and, and I mean, I'll go this another way. If you won't do it, then you're not very Christian in your own right. Because God says, you cannot continue to plateau or regress he expects you to do what? Yep. Grow and become closer and stronger and better so that you can judge those things. You know what I think? If you won't judge simple behavior, you're not really a Christian. 
If you won't see it in someone's life and call it out, you're not a Christian. Either that or there's so much in yours that you feel like a hypocrite saying, saying anything to them about it. And don't tell me we've not done that either. Because the devil will tell you not to do it. Well, you know, look at yourself, though. Right? He's done it to me. Don't call it out to somebody else because, you know, you, know, you, you weren't perfect this week. <laughs> and you know, what I, you know what I say it again? When people tell me, well, nobody on this earth is perfect and we're never going to be perfect. That's false. Christ is perfect. And not only that, did he admonish every one of us to be just like him? Yes or no? Did he say, be like me in every way? And if we, if we do that, are we perfect? Are we going to be presented perfect? John Wesley's right. You can be a perfect Christian in this life. He didn't think he'd done it, didn't think anybody ever would, but it's possible. Because if it weren't possible, then what Jesus did at Calvary wasn't complete. But as, as it is, it's per, it, it, it is complete and it's perfect. That means I can be. Yeah? And Jesus doesn't want me down here away from perfect. He wants me up there near perfect. Now, I'm going to be presented perfect no matter what, but don't you think he'd rather have me close to perfect here now rather than some down here mediocre somewhere? Huh? He would like the gap between Christian perfection and himself be closer, don't you think? I do too. I think he wants it to be closer. And that's what we're going to have to do. He requires us to judge sinfulness. He requires us to judge sinful thought and sinful activity, just as he expects us to discern what's right and wrong and the Holy Spirit versus the evil spirit. That's a fact. The key is when we do judge, remember that we're going to be judged by the same standards that we use. Let mercy and love temper our judgments, yeah? Okay, finally, Jesus clearly implies that he expects us to judge. When? After we've corrected our own faults. There's a start, yeah? So if you're that person that was held back by calling something out in somebody that's going to, you know, not be a good thing for them, you know, you, see, if you really care for people, you'll call it out. If you, because you want them to have a relationship with Christ that is going to keep them where they belong. And so if you really love them, instead of keep your mouth shut, you'll call it out and say, you know what? But there's a way to do it, I think. But you can't do that unless you're right. And why is it so hard to just get right yourself? Huh? Why is it, just, why is it so hard? So when the devil says, but you say, bah, but I've corrected that with God's help, I've done it. And, he's, and not only that, devil, guess what? Not only has he absolved me of that stuff and forgive me for it, but he took away the guilt too. <laughs> so go get away. Go away. You don't belong here. Huh? If you're feeling guilty and God has forgiven you, then that's not coming from God. Right? Because Jesus said, there is therefore no condemnation, right? In them who believe. Why? Because he's absolved it. I mean, if, if Jesus has absolved not only the sin and the guilt, why are you guilty? Why are you feeling guilty? Do you know that you can actually put so much condemnation on yourself that you're, that's another sin? You can, because you, you'll literally take yourself out of the game. Handcuffing yourselves on what you could do through the kingdom. So guess what? Tell the enemy to get behind you. It's a fact. In fact, Paul says the law of Christ requires us to. 
Galatians 6, 1 and 2, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry out each other's burdens, and in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. <clears throat> he also said we're required to judge between the worthy as well as the dogs and the pigs. Again, we're talking about people here. Now, here's the thing. In verse 6, Jesus said, some are not worthy of that which is holy. In fact, he said, some are like dogs and pigs. And isn't that just another thing that Jesus said that might shock people? He clearly called some people dogs and pigs. And I think that most people today wouldn't even dream that Jesus actually said something like that. But he did. And with it, he clearly commanded us to determine who is and who isn't, which requires judgment upon our part. How can you judge whether someone's a sheep or a goat? You know what? People say, well, you can't. Only Christ does that in the end. But let me tell you something. I'll bet you a dollar to donut, Prince. <laughs> I'll bet you a dollar to donut. I could, I could look at someone's life based on what I know the Word of God says a Christian is, and I could determine whether at this moment that person's probably a sheep or a goat. We think. Do you think you can look at a person's life and determine whether that person is probably a sheep or a goat? Guys, come on. You can't be silent on this. Stop it. Stop it. Are you kidding me? Is this the Bible said there's going to be sheep and goats? Yes or no? And the sheep are going to go through the narrow gate. And the sheep know the master's voice. Yeah? And there's going to be a much, much, much wider gate where all the goats are going to go because there's so many more of them. Right? Don't tell me that in your heart of hearts as a Christian that you can't look at your friends and family members and you know their actions, their thought processes, the things they do, how they live their life, whether they're in here or not, whether they attend church, whether Christ is their master or not, and tell me whether you think today they might be a sheep or a goat. Don't tell me you don't know. Because if you do know, I'm going to tell you, well, you should know. You should know. Because their life is an indicator of which one they are. Yes or no. Now, I know some people might not know for sure. They're kind of on the fence somewhere. There might be somebody there, yeah? And maybe in their life you can't tell for sure. I get it. I know. I remember a number of years ago, who remembers mad cow disease? Mad cow disease? Yeah. And so I heard a joke one time in a... You heard what one cow said to the other cow. He said, man, we ought to be careful to hear about this new mad cow disease. He goes, no, I'm a squirrel. Now, you know the indication there. Okay. But, the, but what about the cow that told him? He knows darn well that guy's not a squirrel. So there might be something wrong here. Agreed? That or there's something wrong with him and he can't tell. So if we're going to say that and be a Christian... What's your indication? What's your baseline? Isn't it right here? Isn't that your baseline? Do you know what a Christian's supposed to be? Do you know if you're one or not? Do you know what one looks like? Okay, so don't you know what a sheep and a goat is going to look like? I think if you go out to the barnyard and you look at a sheep or a goat, you're pretty much going to know the difference, anybody? The same thing is true with Christianity. The same thing is true. You know what indicators are there. 
If they're living a Christian lifestyle, you're going to know. And if they aren't, you're going to know. Stop hiding behind the bush and saying, we're not supposed to judge that. Jesus said, you absolutely judge it. Because I've given you all the indicators of what they are. Now listen, those who are receptive, we're supposed to be patient and helpful with them. Yeah? But those who aren't, not supposed to waste their time on them. That's what he said. Don't waste your time on them. Because they won't understand anyway, and guess what? Satan doesn't want them to understand. Okay? That doesn't mean you're not there for them if they have a change of heart. But you can't change the heart. You can't. That's up to him. You can't do it. You're just the messenger, that's all. But you know whether someone's a sheep or a goat, friends. And lastly, we're, to require, we're required to judge between biblical behavior and unbiblical behavior. Yeah? Now listen carefully. If we don't, the Bible's going to cease to be the standard of any kind. You, you probably ought to write that down. That's good stuff. Okay? I didn't steal that. That's me. I felt like the Lord telling me, listen, if people won't judge based on biblical standards, then eventually the Bible won't be a standard at all. And it's fast becoming that now. We're making judgment calls based on what we think is in there. Yes or no? Okay, that's what I'm saying. And if, and if people don't actually read the Scripture anymore, anybody ever seen the book of Eli? Anybody ever seen that story? Oh, my. If you haven't watched that, you ought to do it. Anybody? Powerful. There's only one copy of the Word of God left. It was in Braille. Yeah? Do you think it's possible we could get to a time when that could be true? Because I do. Because I do. If, if, if we're not going to use the Bible as a standard to do anything anymore, then it'll cease being a standard. Throw it out. Why, why even use it as part of the church if you're not going to use it anyway? There's no point. This is what he's saying. If we refuse to judge the behavior, the lifestyle, or the beliefs of other people based on biblical principles, the Bible will eventually cease to be the standard. And who do you think wants that? It's pretty simple. Who wants it? Okay. Would Christ want that to be true? Does Christ not want the Bible to be a standard? Hmm? No, Jesus said it is the standard. It, it is and always will be the standard from the beginning. How do I know? Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with yes. Has it been the standard from the beginning? Yes. Is it ever going to cease being the standard? Not according to God, it won't. So either you're a sheep or you're a goat. Is it that simple? Yes, it's that simple. Friends, when we judge, it has to be based completely on the Word of God. So when we do it based on that, well, it isn't us doing the judging anyway. It's God's Word. When people say, don't judge me, I'm not. He is. That's what I told them. I, I actually had someone say, you can't judge me. I said, I'm not. I'm not. Read, read, read this for me. Read, read, read this right here. Well, I'm not going to read that. Why not? Well, I don't need it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You're going to tell me not to judge you. I'm not. I'm simply saying this is what it believes. Either you believe in God or you don't. You just told me you did. If you believe in God, this is His Word. So you can't pick and choose what in there you're going to believe and what you're not. Oh, well, we've done it. But that doesn't fly. You can't pick and choose what commands of God you're going to follow. 
You can't pick and choose which things you think are right or wrong. God determines those, not you, not me, not anybody. Yes? Okay. Either you believe that or you don't. And if you don't, then are you a Christian? No. Are you a sheep? No. You're a... You just did it. You just did it. Can you tell the difference between a sheep and a goat? Okay. What are we talking about here then? Then why is it so hard for us to do it? Why won't we do it? You see, we can't judge someone's motives, but we can certainly judge poor actions. We can certainly judge poor behavior, poor options, poor beliefs. Yeah. You can judge right or wrong based on Christianity. Yeah. Now, if, they, if these things that they're believing or thinking or doing don't match up with Scripture, are they wrong? Yes. Did you think that up? No. Who did? God. Somebody listens. Somebody gets it. Just like the emperor's new clothes. Huh? A child. And for you guys at Mecca on, online, a child answered that question. Good thing we didn't have junior church today, isn't it? Because <laughs> I never got an answer from you guys. Jeez. Friends, listen. Jesus never taught us not to use the Word of God in judging things. He simply said that until we're righteous enough to do it, we probably shouldn't. And let's face it, He wants us to be righteous enough to do it. Every day you're, you're becoming more righteous. Yeah? Because it doesn't, He never gave you a pass not to judge, and He never gave you a pass not to become righteous. He gave you the encouragement and the command to do both. Didn't He? Listen, this isn't me talking. This is there. It's him. Your argument is with him, not me. It's just the messenger. So as our worship team comes, and as our Mecca campus moves on toward their prayer time, friends, this is what I want to ask you. First of all, what are you going to do? about this deal, where when someone comes to you and says, don't judge me, you have no right to judge me, blah, 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 what are you going to say? What are you going to do? First of all, you need to take a step back and ask yourself, was I? Was I speaking out of turn? Was I unbiblical in the way I approached that? And if so, then you need to fix it, Yeah. But if all you're doing is repeating what the Word of God says, if all you're doing, then, then your answer is, I'm not. I'm not. Because it's right here in the Word of God. Just read it here. Don't, don't take my word. You read it. Get it, read it. Okay? And if they can read it and they can see it, then, then it's up to them to do what, what they want. But you're not judging anybody. You're simply saying that this is what the Word of God says. That comes from God. All of it. Every ounce of it. Does anybody believe that the entire Bible is God? Yes or no? Okay, that's the point. That's the point. So stand with me today. And, and, and this is what I want you to understand as we finish up. You have a decision to make. 
You can't stand back in the background and allow life to just move around you and let people come and go and do as they please, think whatever they want, blah, 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 blah. Because the Bible tells me that this world is ending soon. Friends, let me tell you something. <laughs> I did my postdoctoral work in, in apocalyptic literature, Revelation and Daniel, and I'm telling you, things are happening in the world today, right now, that are, five years ago, I couldn't say it, but now I can. We're moving rapidly to the end. Rapidly. Politically and socially, we're moving, I'm telling you. And it won't take much to upset the balance. One election could do it. I'm not kidding. I believe that. Not just in this nation, either. Okay? One election could do it. Wrong people getting into power, taking society to the exact same way that the Roman Empire went, and we will fall just like they did. The Bible says so. Yes or no? And when it happens, friends, Christ is going to come wrapped to the church, I'm telling you. And so we have to decide today whether we're going to be that person that's going to start, start calling out this garbage. Saying, look, you guys, I'm not being self-righteous. I'm not being a Bible thumper. I'm not doing all the things you're going to accuse me of. I'm simply saying either there's going to be an ending, there is a master, and there's one that's going to try to keep you from the master, okay? There's good and evil, okay? And when he comes, you're going to be found in him or not, yes or no, okay? So you have a decision to make. Do you want to be a sheep or a goat? It's up to you. But here's, here's the word of God. Let's look at it together. This is what it says. If you want to think that your lifestyle is okay, you want to think that your, your personality is okay, you want to think that your belief system is okay, that's up to you. You can make that decision. But don't be surprised when you're trying to get in the, the gate with the sheep that God's going to say, no, you don't belong here. Because if you think that every person is going to go to heaven and we're all God's children, you're wrong. The Bible says we're not. The Bible says God's children are those who make Jesus Christ their personal Savior. Yes or no? That's who God's children are. Now, all humans are God's creation, but He is sadly going to turn His back just like He did on His Son. Yes? He's going to do that. He's going to want to, but He's going to. So we have some people to fix here today. Okay? You know people. He said, what? He said, Judge those things in people, a sheep or a goat. But be self-righteous yourself when you're doing it so that you know what is and what isn't. Yeah? As we've seen today, the altar's open. There's some things that need to change in our hearts, aren't there? And God can do it. Only He can do it. Shelly.